turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Boo! Yep, it's Halloween tomorrow, but before you dress up the kitties, check to see if it's been canceled tomorrow night where you live. Some municipalities are moving uh, it to Friday or Saturday because really bad weather is predicted for tomorrow night. Now, I could make a comment here about how when we were kids, it usually snowed on Halloween and we trick-or-treated anyway and it was uphill both ways, but I won't. But why should the kids go out in the rain? And it's nice to see that Halloween hasn't been canceled yet. It's only a matter of time. Some school districts have outlawed Halloween. We talked about that here on Monday. And in our second half hour tonight, we're going to hear from a woman who has been calling out helicopter parents for a long time. She'll tell us how parents have already ruined Halloween. Now, I do know that there was a lot of cultural appropriation going on when I was a kid. I might have even uh, dressed up as an Indian. I don't know. So watch out for that when the kids show up at your door. And it shouldn't surprise you to hear that, according to a survey done by the College Pulse, 51% of college students don't believe that dressing in offensive costumes is protected free speech, and they think that anybody who does should be punished. Now, I don't know exactly uh, what that punishment should be, but they should be punished. And over at the Ivy League schools, you know, where the, the really smart kids go, the number is 58%. And then, out in California, three out of five college students think that there should be punishment for offensive costumes. Now, I guess it all comes down to who gets to decide what's offensive, but that's the problem here. Meanwhile, uh, on a more serious note, California is on fire. And when we come back, we're going to find out just whose fault it is. And it might be yours. Who knows? And one last thing, I'm old. Every once in a while, you get a reminder of that. Mine for today is that Grace Slick is 80 years old today. We'll be back. When the truth is found to be lies, and all the joy within you dies, don't you? Confusing, tedious, worse than a math test. That's how most Americans describe shopping for health insurance. Yep, open enrollment is here again. You have until December 15th to choose something very expensive that you hope to never use. And if that makes you want to stick a red-hot poker in your eye, call Marley Financial. Marley has every plan available in the tri-state, but they also offer some of the most innovative solutions to tackle the high cost of health care. Heard of first dollar benefits, the most expensive part of a health plan? They're great if you visit the doctor a lot or take medications, but if you're healthy, why pay it? A catastrophic plan through Marley may be all you need. Or how about a high deductible plan you can pair with a supercharged HSA? Not all plans qualify, but Marley's do, offering double benefits to cut your out-of-pocket costs in half. Call Marley Financial today at 7 7- 724-884-1496 for a custom-designed health plan with the coverage you need at a price that's right for you. 724-884-1496 or at MarleyFG.com. You started your business with nothing but a great big idea. They told you it couldn't be done, but that just made you work harder to prove them wrong. Now look at you, ready to take on the world. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South gets where you're coming from. When they said they wanted to create great big graphics for great big ideas like yours in less time than anyone else, they were told it couldn't be done. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South just smiled and said, oh yeah, watch us. When you need a large format printing partner who can provide high quality visual graphics in stunning detail, from trade show displays to outdoor signs, 3M brand vehicle wrap for your fleet, to window graphics, banners, and decals. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South can handle most jobs in two days or less. And 
can roll with last-minute change-ups without breaking a sweat. Who says it can't be done? For a free quote, visit speedpropghsouth.com. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Not only do we have great grills, but also the best hot patio heaters. We are the nationwide distributor for Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters, the very best patio heater that you can get. The Bromic heaters use the same radiant burner technology as our Solaire infrared grills, so they heat up fast and keep you warm so you can enjoy your backyard grill and outdoor living spaces into the night and all year round. Bromic heaters have stylish contemporary designs that fit perfectly in backyard and restaurant patios. We have gas and electric models to suit most installation needs and a portable gas heater that directs the heat where you want it, not the bushes and walls like the mushroom heaters. For top quality performance and aesthetics, you want Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters and Solaire Infrared Grills. Learn about these amazing grills and heaters at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, last we heard, the flames were headed for the Reagan Library. That's right. More fires out there in California. And the liberals out there on the left coast would have you believe that it's your fault or our fault. Uh, it's climate change, and we humans are responsible for that. But stop feeling guilty. Humans may be to blame, but not for changing the climate. Nick Loris is an expert on energy and the environment with the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now. Nick, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So let's start, first of all, with uh, how are these fires different from the last fires, whenever they were, the big ones? Uh, that we seem to they seem to pop up. Uh, I don't know if it's this time every year or if this is a normal time for it. But you know, how is this fire or these fires any different? Yeah, well, right now, just uncharacteristically high winds are resulting in uh, some of these fires uh, expanding in directions that we otherwise would not see. Uh, we still don't have a definitive answer as to what the cause of these wildfires are that might take uh, months after the fires are, are put out to actually determine what that is. Um, right now, one of the differences is PG&E, the big utility company in California, is trying to take preemptive action from exacerbating the wildfires themselves because they were the culprit behind the last wildfires uh, as a result of faulty transmission lines and transformers that uh, could not withstand those winds coming into California. And so um, they are shutting off power to more and more customers, upwards of 2 million people uh, across Northern California. Um, but at the same time, uh, a lot of people are frustrated by that very instance that they don't have access to affordable, reliable power. Wow, it's a tough combination. Uh, all that stuff going on and you don't have any power. Um so the last time it was a, uh, a, a, a downed uh, line that caused the fire, um, but it's, I mean, if, a, if, a, if a, a line goes down here in a storm, uh, here in Pittsburgh, half the people don't have to evacuate their homes because they're going to be burned to death. So what's the difference out there? Yeah, part of it is just the, the wind gusts uh, coming off uh, the, the oceans are uh, incredibly strong. I mean, you're talking uh, 90 miles per hour in some locations. And so if a transformer uh, busts or a transmission line sparks a fire and it gets caught in that wind, 
I mean, there are essentially walls of fire that are just taking out uh, areas, um, you know, both large plots of land, but also just homes across these areas, too. And so if you have winds that are, are gusting upwards of 90 miles per hour, um, the, the fire is only going to get uh, stronger and more forceful, and, and there's not really all that much can be done about it. Uh, you know, in some instances, you can try to keep it at bay, um, but, and you have to hope for uh, milder weather uh, with less windy conditions and, and so that the firefighters can actually try to get this under control. Uh, but, but, but that's a, a real big instance right now is that there's, you know, 18,000 miles of transmission lines uh, that PG&E uh, owns and take care, takes care of throughout uh, the state of California. Uh, and so if just a piece of that equipment um, and transmission line sparks some of this fire, uh, it, it's very, very difficult to put out. I know you're not a geologist but um, or whatever you need to be to answer this question, but um, is there any uh, evidence that fires like this took place before there were a lot of humans living there? Um, obviously, they wouldn't have been... <laughs> been caused by electricity but lightning something like that 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 this is a a common occurrence in that part of the earth even if humans were not living there yeah that, that's exactly right you know more and more fires are are being caused um by man-made activity and and that i don't mean man-made climate change or, or human-induced uh, yeah. green, greenhouse gas emissions that are uh, resulting in causation, but there are from um, from camping, which is big activities in California, uh, from transmission lines and things like that. But we also have seen a natural uh, a number of fires uh, across California throughout time as a result of of like you said storms and uh, you know one lightning strike in the the wrong area can uh, can spark a fire just as easily. And if you have a lot of kindling due to improper forest management. Uh, it, and combine that with the amount of winds that California can see uh, at a given time period, especially in the summer, but also you know earlier into fall. Uh, that that spells a recipe for disaster. And I saw a picture online just a couple of days ago of a tree that had just been struck by lightning, and it was like a hollowed out, pretty big tree, and it was red inside with fire. The, it was the the ends looked like an oven. It was. The inside of the tree was just completely in flames, and so you yeah, can see. And I, and I think, I mean, given how big the state is and and, and how much uh, forest it has, uh, again, if it's not properly managed and something like that occurs, uh, you, you really do have the kindling for a fire that can last a, a very long time. Which gets us to the big question, and we're talking to Nick Loris of the Heritage Foundation. He's an energy uh, economics, coal, oil, natural gas guy, renewable energy. That's his area of expertise there. Um, the, the climate change hysterics are uh, jumping all over this, as you would expect, uh, but uh, they're wrong again, aren't they? Yeah, they are. There, there's two things that are being blamed that are just absolutely incorrect. One is man-made climate change, where we know that there hasn't been an increased frequency uh, of these wildfires in the United States and in California, even though we've seen increased greenhouse gas emissions due to human activity. So blaming every uh, extreme weather event or natural disaster uh, or even some of these human-caused disasters, whether it be from transmission lines or from camping, uh, on climate change is just factually incorrect, even from the, the mainstream climate literature. The other thing that seems to be going around more and more from Governor uh, Gavin Newsom uh, is that this was the result of uh, capitalism and PG&E being greedy, and, and that yeah. just simply isn't the case either. I mean, you're talking about a, a state-sanctioned monopoly uh, whose very structure right now is anti-capitalist and free enterprise in nature. And they're responding essentially to uh, everything that the California Public Utilities Commission is telling them to do, and they're a regulated monopoly, meaning that, that they don't have any competitors and they can simply pass the cost of mis mismanagement on to the ratepayers, and so this is the lack of capitalism and the lack of competition is one of the reasons PG&E hasn't take care of its transmission lines in the way that it should have. So it's the government 
allowing a monopoly that's uh, a major con- uh, contributor to this? That's exactly right. I mean, P- again, PG&E is a state-sanctioned monopoly where they, they don't have competition. They, they don't have uh, the true incentive structures to treat their transmission lines. The Wall Street Journal did a huge expose on this um, last year showing that out of the 18,500 miles of transmission line that PG&E owns and operates, uh, they knew about the faulty transmission lines for years now uh, and failed to do anything about that. And so you have a public utilities commission in the state of California telling uh, PG&E that they have to meet all of these renewable electricity standards and forcing more regulations on them. And then as a, a state-sanctioned monopoly, they don't have the competitors to actually make those necessary investments and to um, stay competitive in the marketplace, whether that's building transmission lines underground or building uh, you know, microgrids to protect against uh, rolling blackouts and brownouts. There's all sorts of innovations that are happening in electricity markets that could arguably prevent activities like this from happening, you know, minimizing the damage from wildfires, but also keeping the lights on at people's homes and at hospitals. Um, granted, some folks have generators and some of the bigger businesses have generators, but with 2 million people without access to uh, reliable electricity right now, um, one would hope that this would shift the rethinking how electricity markets should work in this state. And and what? Um, how much do the tree huggers contribute to this uh, by saving the trees and, and not allowing it to, them to be uh, cut down or saving the forests? Yeah, the improper forest management is another problem in California as well as across uh, a number of uh, states, especially where the federal government owns and operates the forests, where we haven't seen very successful forest management and clearing uh, and regulated structured burns in a way that reduces the amount of kindling so that um, the forest can grow healthier uh, and we can minimize the the catastrophic events uh, from fires, whether they're naturally caused or or human-caused. And so there's plenty of examples uh, where, you know, Tribes are managing their own forests, where states are managing their own forests, where there's public-private partnerships to manage forests that are all working uh, very well because these are people who believe that the the health of the people is tied to the health of the land. And and that hasn't happened in California, largely because people want to preserve it, but they're actually doing much more environmental harm than good. So, uh, but are we talking about um, allowing the brush to grow? Are we talking about... Too many large, beautiful trees. More allowing the brush to grow. Um, you know, if you have, if you continue to allow that that brush to grow, um, or even clear, not clearing dead trees or, or trees that are, are not healthy, um, that's just kindling that's going to continue to have to spark these fires and allow them to grow rapidly, um, taking down the the big, grown and healthy trees with them, and so. We can have dense, rich national forests with big redwoods, and uh, I think the the vision of forests that everyone thinks of when they think of California, without having the the, the shrubs and and the brush and the the dead kindling uh, that collects on the forest grounds that just provides for. Um, problematic events when these wildfires occur. That's what I was getting at when I asked you about, you know, fires before humans were around, because the brush would grow on its own and it could still get hit by lightning or something natural to cause the fire. I don't know if it's uh, spontaneous combustion, I guess, does it once in a while. But um, I always, when I see the problems that California has with stuff like this, uh, mudslides, droughts. Is it possible that maybe too many people are living out there and it was never meant to be inhabited by this many humans? Yeah, that's a potential cost uh, for sure. Uh, I think that there's a possibility um, that that exacerbates the problem and exa- and increases the risk uh, with some of these activities, especially if you're 
subsidizing the uh, risk of living in these areas, um, or, you know, with subsidized insurance, um, you know, we, and we have that problem with, you know, things like fire insurance and flood insurance in, in some instances that, that can be subsidized by the federal government, um, or even coastal insurance as well. And so some of those policies that artificially incentivize people to live in these areas uh, can be problematic. Um, I think that there, there's still certainly plenty of um, land for people to, to live and develop uh, if, if they want to in places like California. I think it's a, a manageable problem. I think that the problem is that government policies and government regulations don't adapt to those changing circumstances in the way that they should. And so if you have um, more people coming and antiquated policies that don't allow for uh, robust management of forests um, or um, robust management of, of coastal areas, you are going to run into both economic and environmental problems in those areas. We're talking to Nick Loris of the Heritage Foundation. He's with the uh, Herbert and Joyce Morgan. He's a Herbert and Joyce Morgan Fellow in Energy and Environmental Policy at the uh, Heritage. Um, so, is this a is this just going to be an ongoing battle between? The people who just are going to blame this on climate change and, and human beings just in general uh, causing the, the, the conditions that create these fires? Or are there enough people in California to convince the hysterics that it's just a matter of what you're talking about, which is being sensible and clearing the brush? Yeah, I think this is going to sparked a different conversation, hopefully. I mean, I think the outrage uh, and the climate alarmism is always going to be there, but there are instances where uh, I think people recognize that the land has not been properly managed and that's increasing the uh, negative impacts of these wildfires. And I also think it's going to uh, fundamentally shift the dialogue as to how California's electricity policy works, because there are uh, up to 2 million people across California who are part of this blackout, and, and nothing enrages people more than when they don't have access to uh, reliable electricity, especially mm-hmm. if you're living in areas where the wind isn't gusting all that much um, and they still are in the dark with spoiled food and, and no hot water. Uh, you know, There are areas where people are just going to be very, very upset, and they're going to want answers from... Uh, the California Public Utility Commission and from PG&E themselves. And I think hopefully that frustration, um, you know, hoping everyone stays safe uh, for sure, but that frustration with the the lack of access to electricity should hopefully um, focus the conversation on what policy reforms can we have in California that will result in um, more affordable, reliable electricity staying online uh, when these types of events occur. And just finishing up here, um, Nick, how how many of the beautiful homes that we're seeing burned to the ground will be rebuilt in the same spot again with the possibility of having it burned down again? Yeah, that's a great question. Probably a lot. I mean, if you're talking about hundreds of thousands uh, of customers, um, you know, that that's certainly a lot of homes and you know people, you know, certainly want to stay put. And so I think that's going to be a conversation too is trying to properly assess where where the likelihood of these wildfires um will occur in the future and, and what can be done to minimize those risks including um thinking about where we should buy but when you and where we should build um but when you're talking about you know tens of thousands of acres um, being destroyed uh with only you know five percent of the fire being contained uh, that that's taking a lot of habitable land that people are likely wanting to stay in in those areas well i'll just stay here in western pennsylvania where we don't have droughts we don't have gigantic fires we have Kind of nasty winters. A couple of months are bad, but other than that, I'll stay here, Nick. Uh, yeah, that's you... not too bad. I don't blame you. All right, Nick, I, I appreciate you being on, as always. Thanks a lot. Anytime. Thanks again. Okay, that's Nick Loris of the Heritage Foundation, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Fierce Santa Ana winds continue to spread throughout Southern California, threatening new fires. 
National Weather Service meteorologist Lisa Phillips says that Southern California is like a tinderbox of dry fuel and hot, gusty winds. If a fire is started in these conditions, it means that that fire could spread very quickly due to the strong winds and um, start very easily due to the very dry vegetation and very low humidities. Flames threaten homes near the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. California Governor Gavin Newsom says the big challenge is in Simi Valley today. The winds are intense, so right now that's a ground game. Uh, we're focusing all our resources, including mutual aid. Uh, we are benefiting from 75 engines that have come down from Oregon, 35 from Washington. The library is reported to be safe from the flames. On Wall Street, they're up by 115 points. This is SRN News. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only $19.95. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Larry Elder believes the impeachment talk is unwarranted. Somebody who wasn't even on the phone call, heard it secondhand or thirdhand, decided that he or she didn't like what the president said, filed some sort of whistleblower complaint. And because the uh, the uh, administration did not deem the complaint urgent and Congress did not get it when they thought they should get it, this is impeachable. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. Community Bank. City Mission. Number one Cochrane. Highmark Stadium. Peters Township Community Center. Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Hi, this is Tun Jokin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet, and it is officially Chevy Truck Month. Calusi has a huge selection of Silverados in stock, and right now you can qualify for over $9,500 off the MSRP on select models of the new 2019 Silverado All-Star. Plus, only during Truck Month, there's no monthly payments for 90 days for well-qualified buyers and when you finance with GM Financial. Check them out at Calusi.com. Buy new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Job growth has slowed significantly in greater Pittsburgh in recent months. And while there are myriad factors in the job creation equation, the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy says the usual suspects can be tagged for the region's anemic employment performance. Learn more about this topic at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional public policy thinking has been challenged since 1995. That's AlleghenyInstitute.org. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Now, our traffic woes continuing on 79, an accident on the northbound side. You have Parkway North up to 910, where it is. Southbound 79 is solid from Washington Pike to South Point Boulevard. Also crash in Hayes. This is at 837 at Glenwood Bridge. On the Parkway West, heavy inbound Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Parkway East, that's looking like a very busy ride outbound Bates Street to Edgewood, Swissvale. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. 
Cloudy and mild tonight with rain at times. The low 58 for tomorrow. Periods of rain, some heavy and a thunderstorm. Some of the storms could produce some flash flooding and damaging winds. High 66. Rain and drizzle will be ending early tomorrow night. Very windy and much colder. The winds could gust past 50 miles an hour and be locally damaging. Low 35. Clouds will break for some sun Friday. Windy and chilly 45. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Danielle Niddle. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, tomorrow is supposed to be Halloween. You should check to see if it's been changed where you live because of really bad weather that's predicted for tomorrow night. Uh, Some uh, places are changing it to Friday or Saturday. But Halloween has changed a lot over the years. Just one more victim of political correctness, maybe, or maybe overly protective parents. Well, Lenore Skenazy writes and talks about what are known as helicopter parents. Her website is freerangekids.com, and she's president of Let Grow, a nonprofit uh, promoting childhood independence. And she joins us now. Lenore, thanks for being here. Well, thank you, John, and boo. Did I did I um, did I get that uh, that right? Let is it let it grow? No, it's let grow, and the website is let grow l e t g r o w dot org. And I have to say, if you go there now, there's actually a piece up about Halloween and how urban myths are sort of changing the way we celebrate the holiday to the detriment of uh, everyone. <laughs> I'd say. Okay, well, nine years ago, uh, you wrote a piece for the Wall Street Journal with the headline, uh, Stranger Danger and the Decline of Halloween. So I guess the question would be, uh, well, first of all, what was your message then, and has Halloween declined a lot since then? Oh, that's such a great question. And thanks for finding an old article of mine. You know, usually they just go into the trash heap. So Stranger Danger, obviously, is the idea that our children can't be trusted to roam among anybody except family and friends, which is unusual because we all did. We all trick-or-treated back when the crime rate was higher. The crime rate was higher in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and aughts than it is now. And yet we feel like we have to um, prevent our kids from going out on their own. So a bunch of uh, what, what was just nascent nine years ago and is much more common today is something called trunk, trunk or treat. Have you heard of that? I only did because of you. I blame you for having to have the hear about it. <laughs> okay. You can so go ahead I'll and explain what that is, though. Sure. So trunk or treat is when um, a bunch of cars gather together in either a uh, the parking lot of a church or a community center, synagogue, whatever, and they make a circle, trunks facing in, and the trunks are all open, and they're filled with candy, and maybe they're decorated. And the children go from trunk to trunk, gathering the candy, and it's filled as a safer alternative to Halloween. And I don't mind it. I think it's fine to have as many Halloween celebrations as you want, but I I object to the idea of safer because that implies that Halloween itself isn't safe, that there's strangers, that there's poison candy, that there's, you know, marauding and molesting, and, and those things actually do not go up on Halloween. There's no increase in sex crimes against kids. There's no... Uh, there's no child that has ever been poisoned by a stranger's candy on Halloween. So pretending that having your kids go around the neighborhood getting candy from the people you have chosen to live near, um, uh, that that's dangerous is just a, a misperception of reality. And it also, I think it misperceives the point of Halloween, because if you're just going in a circle and you fill up your yeah. your bag, one, two, three, with candy, okay, you got candy, but you didn't get any of the excitement of, you know, going to someone's no. house, are they going to be home, are they going to be not? So so you've taken out all the independence and all the adventure, and you've given kids just the food, which is a, a really uh, an underselling of the holiday itself. Well, you see, what they the, the, the idea that they should have come up with, this is what they should have done, Lenore. They should, have, okay. they should have the parents deliver the candy to the kids' houses. The kids dress <laughs> up in go. costumes, <laughs> and you come, up, right. you come up with your car, your trunk full of candy. You, the parents yeah. knock on the door. The kids right. come to the door and say, oh, hi, how are you, Mrs. Uh, Skenazy? Uh, what do you got for me? And then you give them a, a Hershey bar, and then he goes back in the back room, and I don't know what they do. But, I mean, just to think about how you know safe that would be. Uh, it would be so safe that I'm almost terrified that you've mentioned it out loud <laughs> because somebody's going to think, what a great idea, because then they still meet their neighbors, but they never have to leave the safety of their home. But, of course, 
it would end up being um, discounted nonetheless because you're teaching your kids to answer the door when somebody knocks. Oh, my God. You know, that doesn't make yeah, sense. We can't have that. So, what if it's a so stranger? They would have to, yeah. to leave the candy on the stoop, <laughs> and then the parents, when they got home from delivering candy to everybody else, would gently open the door and get their little handheld x-ray machine and make sure that there's, there's no laser yeah. blade somehow hidden in the, 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 the Tootsie Pop, which seems almost impossible. And then, you know, meet it out like an ounce per ounce per day that a kid could have, you know, right. two chomps of the Snickers bar lest they get fat or diabetic. Well, well really, when you think about it, if they're going to make, if you're going to fill the trunks with candy, it's seriously, mm-hmm. it's actually, if you're going to, if that's all you're going to do, it's a lot easier to just have the, the people who have the candy in their car just deliver the yeah. candy. It's, yeah, 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 no, it makes sense. And also, I think, like, ironically, you know, the whole idea is it's safer, safer, safer. It's like, how safe is it to teach a kid, you know, kid, if anybody opens up a trunk and says, here, yeah. get in, there's some candy. <laughs> oh, that's always, I did this once before. My mom yeah. said it was safe. Thank you. you know, bad idea. Bad idea. But really, think about what Halloween means for kids as, a, as an actual holiday as it was once celebrated. It means that you're almost an adult for the day. You know, you get to dress up in some, you know, adult costume. You're a rock star, right. you're Superman, whatever. Right, and then you've got a job to do. You got to go to work. Right, you got to go to work, and what's work? Cold calling. You got to call on the neighbors. Yep. You got to make your pitch, trick or treat. You get paid in candy, which, frankly, I would still be happy to be paid in candy. Right, and uh, and then you have to make your way through the neighborhood. You're like the old fuller brush salesman, except that you're a little cuter and shorter. And and so what we've done is taken away. This very engaging, you know, exciting because there's a slight risk. What if the man is mean or what if the lady snarls and gives you an apple? You know, what if there's a a dog barking? I mean, you've taken out any of the reality of dealing with the neighborhood and getting to know your your neighbors and replaced it with food. I mean, it's it's so insulting to pretend that the, the analogy I came up with this morning was that it's sort of like, you know, it's like, you got your food, why aren't you happy, kid? It's sort of like when <laughs> the 1950s, when women were, you know, like, they, they'd all been working, they'd rolled up their sleeves, they were Rosie the Riveter in World War II, they made the planes, they made the bombs, and now they're back home, and, and they're bored, and they're unhappy, and, and you know, they say, well, you got a dishwasher, you should be happy. You know, you got the thing, <laughs> why do you want more? And it's like, well, I want a life. <laughs> and that's what these kids want. That's what we all want. That's why we love Halloween. It wasn't just the candy. Right, and what what was the great about it? And you mentioned this is that you know um, you were out with your friends. No, no adults were around. Mm-hmm. No parents. Right, you right, could right, say right. what you wanted, do what you wanted. You could uh-huh. run through people's yards. Uh, yeah. And I right. can I can remember. And I'm older than you are. I go back to the fifties, but uh, I can remember mm-hmm. um, uh, that we actually you know we were ten, eleven years old. We had a plan. We we talked about it a couple of days before mm-hmm. Halloween about how we were going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, hit wow. the neighborhood, which right. streets we were going to hit. And we went mm-hmm. out the door at 5 o'clock at night, or whatever it was, and we came back at 9. And uh, my parents didn't yeah. want to know where we were. They just And, and I would, right. we had a pillowcase. And oh, uh, we'd wow. fill it with candy. A and uh, would come in and dump it on the floor, and that would be my pile. And my other brothers and my mm-hmm. sister would have their pile. And it was an mm-hmm. unbelievable amount of candy. And by the way, Lenore, <laughs> by the yes. way, this I don't know if you know. See, you may not be old enough to know this. Um, what? You'd have to be old, as I old as am. I am. No, listen. <laughs> well, I'm not as old they, as the hell. Yes. Uh, um, that <laughs> nobody, if someone would have given us a miniature candy bar when I was a kid, and yeah. not a full-sized Milky Way, they'd have gotten their uh-huh. windows soaped. We'd have soaped their windows. Wow. You, to give yeah, a, for yeah, real? Oh, yeah. No, this this miniature candy thing is, uh, you know, that's Thank a 21st yeah, century. Birds, yeah, yeah. It's, we yeah. Would, that, let me ask you a question. Did you walk around with, it? you know, I would think you would look a little suspicious if you're going trick-or-treat and you're carrying a bar of soap and a pail of water. I mean, I would wonder <laughs> well, what no, was going to happen. No, <laughs> all you needed was a bar of soap. Uh, and uh, people oh, okay. knew, people knew, well, I, there were some people got away with giving away apples. That. When you go up oh to God. somewhere and they yeah. drop an apple in your bag, that that was bad. Yeah. Or, or a popcorn ball. I remember not liking those either. Popcorn ball, you know, popcorn ball had a very large space in my imagination growing up because I read about them, I guess, in kid books, and I never got one. And to this day, I think I've been deprived. You didn't of miss a popcorn anything. Ball. You know, you didn't miss anything. Really? No, that, so delicious. You know, give oh me a Milky God. Way. I imagine it. 
All right. Uh, you know what? We could trade. If we ever meet in real life, I will bring you a Milky Way, and you have to give me a popcorn below. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing is that uh, we had Devil's Night. Is Devil's Night, is that? Right. Did you have that when right, you were no, kid? We, we called it, uh, what was it called? Beggar's Night. Oh, okay. Right, the night before, the 30th, which would be tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, this, tonight yeah, was a big we, night we for us. Ex- right, you got an extra night of trick-or-treating is what it boiled down to. In my, I mean, we weren't. We did no. not go around soaping windows, perhaps because it was a, a slightly later era, because, <laughs> perhaps because you were a miscreant and I was a good girl. Um, but we did get two nights of getting candy. Sure, why would you waste the night if well, you could have two? Well, here's the thing. Now, let me tell you, because this is something, just imagine this being uh, allowed today. My parents huh. knew that I was going out for Devil's Night, and we were going to do things we weren't supposed to do, like ring somebody's doorbell and then run, and not, you know, and they'd come mm-hmm. and nobody'd be there. Maybe oh, soap a window a or two. <laughs> uh, there were some yeah. kids who would get dog poop, put it in a bag, Ooh. light it, Ooh. ring the doorbell, Ooh. and then the person would come Ooh. and step on it to put the fire out. That, so I mean, but the thing Wait, is, was that true? Was that true, or is that just urban myth? That, well, we, we, we did that, but this was this was the baby wow. boomer era, and so there would be bands mm-hmm. of ten and twelve, fifteen kids out, all roaming the neighborhood doing stuff like this, and you know everybody it was Devil's Night. We, you wouldn't call it Devil's Night now because the word devil would. There's something wrong with that. Can, I'm sure you, you can barely go. call it Halloween. Yeah, so I'm okay. sure you can call it Devil's so, Night. Well, uh, uh, frankly, that sounds horrible, and I'm glad that's over. I don't mind kids <laughs> roaming around. I didn't mind. A pile of dog poop on my uh, <laughs> well, on that, would be only the disturbing. worst people in the neighborhood <laughs> got that. That, that and oh, okay. most of them, some of them at least, anyway, deserved it. I think, but some but, deserved it. Okay, well, it was a, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the thing is, if you talk to guys my age, they will tell yeah. you that Devil's Night might have been a little bit better than Halloween because of because of, of the stuff you were able to. Most of it was harmless. Uh, there were some rotten kids who did bad things, but it was mostly harmless. But anyway, uh, we're talking to Lenore Skenazy. She's president of Let Grow and all. Also, her website is freerangekids.com. Um, a couple of things here. What are Black and Orange Day and Character Day? Oh, you know what? I, I feel like it's a national hobby is to come up with a reason that kids can't do X. And you can fill in the blank with anything. And recently, I mean today, we're talking about Halloween. And there's, like, to show you that it's just killjoys, Nobody could agree on why they're trying to get rid of Halloween at some school. Some say because the candy is bad. Some say because some children can't afford costumes, which yep. I feel bad for mm-hmm. kids without money. But you can make a costume out of straws. You can make a costume out of a bag. We should put and a stocking say, over your head. You could. Yep. I'm like, that's what you did on beggar's night. Um, <laughs> you could, uh, <laughs> you know, some say it's because it's, um, it's uh, some kids of different religions don't celebrate Halloween. Right. But, like... Halloween is, you know, as it is interpreted today, it is not a religious holiday. No. So, gosh, I'm Jewish. Uh, you know, if it's right. a Christian holiday, how come I celebrated it all growing up and didn't feel like anybody was dissing my creed or my people? So um, the, the, the worst reason I heard, which was today, somebody online um, said that there was a school, God, I can't remember where it was, that was canceling Halloween at the school because children might feel disturbed by the idea that you can change identities oh, for a day. Oh, boy. It's like, huh? I yeah. mean, have they ever, do they ever play any imaginary games? Has anybody ever been Superman? Does anybody ever play with sticks and pretend they're, you know, swords or anything? I mean, that's all changing the identity of something. And it's generally considered a, a lovely childhood trait. And it's called the imagination. And so... Uh, the idea, uh, it's like we come up with new ways to insult a group of people, and a group of people happen to be children. And we try to think of ways that they will be fragile and hurt forever. And, you know, if that's your goal, you can always come up with something just like, oh, this is terrible that they're changing identities day, or that children have costumes and not everybody can afford the same princess costume, or that children of different um, religions will feel left out. You know, if you want to... Try to create fragility by making these into issues. You can, but I don't think they're. I don't think they pop up organically. I think it's adults trying to worry about something and imagining the very worst case scenarios, and therefore canceling any chance of kids having independence or joy or enough candy or fun or a memorable night, and replacing it with something as boring as trunk or treat. Well, hey, Lenore, I'm out of time. I'm up against a hard break. I got 30 seconds, so uh, keep up the good fight. I hope you've. I hope you're seeing some progress out there. I, I, because it's. Yeah. 
<laughs> There's a lot of progress. I mean, people are very tired of just treating all children as if they are incredibly vulnerable worms about to disintegrate under the jackboot of any expectations and instead giving them back some freedom. And we're all about, at Let Grow, we believe that independence is a critical part of growing up. Well, uh, Lenore, thanks. And as I say all the time, words cannot describe how glad I am to have grown up when I did. Thanks for being here. <laughs> right. Right. Thank you. Okay, that's Lenore Skenazy, and we will be right back. We're living in a very successful, affluent society for many people, yet it's also true that there are people that are being left out of that. And how do we reach those people? Joelle Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. So part of what Light of Life does is that we help them in our education and employment program to connect with workforce development, to look at the skill gap that exists. And so we're partnering with places like the community college. We're taking our clients, once they are clean and they are ready to move on, now they can actually get credentialed in an area where they can be hired to work with uh, UPMC or Google or, or Amazon or these other places. And so it provides an on-ramp for those who are left out to get back involved in society. Help someone else find their comeback story. To become a monthly partner or make a one-time gift, visit lightoflife.org slash give today. lightoflife.org slash give. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug In Pest Free. If you have a rodent or pest problem at your home or business, don't spray harmful toxic chemicals. Use Plug In Pest Free, the electromagnetic pest control device that uses your wiring to get rid of pests fast. Just plug it in. One customer had a warehouse with a rat problem. He was catching over 20 rats a day. He called pest controllers, but nothing solved the problem. Then I came along. My plug-in pest-free commercial system got rid of the rats, and since then he's seen maybe three in the last 12 months. Plug-in pest-free is not a sonic device. It's chemical-free and gets rid of pests safely and effectively for years. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a two-year warranty. Now that's fair income. Order today and get 20% off at gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget with Plug In Pest Free. This is the entertainment answer. HGTV superfans will rejoice when the network reunites the six Brady Bunch siblings to deck the halls and celebrate the merriest time of year in a very Brady renovation holiday edition. The holiday extravaganza features Food Network's Reed Drummond and HGTV's Jasmine Roth. Again, it's a very Brady renovation holiday edition on HGTV December 16th and re-airing on the Food Network Sunday, December 22nd. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to get your house ready for the winter so you can sit back and enjoy the holidays. HomeAdvisor can help get you started. HomeAdvisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. HomeAdvisor can help with any home project, big or small, painting, plumbing, even remodeling. So why wait? Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started on your next project. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry's starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Uh, we have David Limbaugh on here tomorrow at 530. I wanted to tell you that. And I only have a couple of minutes, and I want to actually read something to you right now because it's the best thing I saw on the Internet today. David Marcus at The Federalist. I'm just going to read it. You'll know why when you hear it. 
For too long, humanity has labored under the understanding that there is a difference between men and women. Thankfully, in this newly enlightened age, we are dispossessed of this harmful misunderstanding. We now know women do not actually exist. The concept of being a woman is just a social construct, rooted, of course, in white supremacy, which is keeping men who are actually women from being their complete selves. Where do we even get this idea that women are a thing? From men, probably. People without penises must be some kind of other. They must be weaker, the ones who may be bear children, which assumes that a man can't become pregnant, which is a flagrant bigotry. Of course, a man can become pregnant and with a lot less complaining. Frankly, uh, pregnant men are still men. They bear their problems and children more stoically. So what is the big issue these days? Women's sports? Who cares? Nobody watches women's sports anyway. It might as well be men pretending to be women. Men are faster, stronger, and more talented, after all. Why should we watch inferior cis women plot around when women born as men can kick their rear ends? Don't we want to see the best athletes perform? I do. The only problem right-thinking folks who understand gender is just a social construct run, run into is sex. Straight men and women don't want to have sex with people who have their same anatomical features. Get over yourself. Are you a straight man? You can't have sex with somebody with a penis. Really? Are you actually that much of a bigot? And I see you lesbians. You don't get to hide. Embrace it. The big point here is that there is no such thing as a woman. There never has been and there is not now. Woman is a slur used by the patriarchy to keep non-binary, gender-neutral trans people in a box. The very notion that women exist keeps so many people from being able to exist. This is why it must be absolutely clear that women do not exist. I understand this might seem like an extreme position, but bear me out. If there is, hear me out, if there is something, anything that actually defines what a woman is, that means people who know they are women might be denied that status due to this arbitrary criteria. The only way to ensure that everyone who knows she is a woman is treated as a woman is to destroy any definition of what it is to be a woman. Is this so hard to understand? There is no such thing as a woman. Stop pretending there is. You are only maintaining the failed patriarchy. You are only holding up the structure of oppression. Get over your ovaries. They don't make you special. You are no more a woman than any person with a penis who puts on a dress. Step back, sister. Give room to them. Women had a good run. It's over. Did you get that? That's pretty good writing. That's funny and scary and might be actually people who agree with it. But uh, that's where we are. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6. John Stoggerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.